Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. So we are in, in the middle of a, of, of a study, the Holy Spirit series. So we've been talking about that the Holy Spirit is a person. You know, do you know the Holy Spirit? Last week, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, right? Fruit is something that can be what? Cultivated. It sometimes takes time. Sometimes fruit does not bear, a tree does not immediately bear fruit. Sometimes it's a process. Now, sometimes it, some trees go, grow quick, quicker than others, Right. And I think if we evaluate our lives personally, we see, some, we see good fruit, but sometimes we see a lack of specific good fruit in our life. You know, I shared last week, sometimes patience for me, you know, that's a personal struggle of where, God, I ask for increased patience in my life, right? But when we say a fruit of the Spirit, right? Today, we're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit. So the same thing, the gifts of the what? The Spirit, like all of these things, we have to understand that they are spiritually given by the Holy Spirit Himself. So, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, those are the tools and the equipment that the Holy Spirit enables us and gives us to be effective in this lifetime. So this time it is things that help us, tools, the things that he works out, things that he gives us to specifically accomplish something, okay? So James 1.17, you guys have heard this passage, says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above, the Father of heavenly lights. So all of these good gifts, they are birthed out of the heart of God and they are given through the avenue of the Holy Spirit in our life. So when we receive salvation and we ask for the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, we have the ability to tap into all of these supernatural gifts, when I say supernatural, that is beyond normal means. That doesn't mean just the things that I was born with. You know, ab- ability to, to be academically smart or to be, a, to be good at sports or to be good at a trade or a craft, right? I'm not talking about natural abilities. What I am talking about is supernatural abilities, something that you do not have the ability to do within your own strength and, the, and your own makeup of what God has created you to be. Supernatural gifts, they're, they're released by the Spirit of God, they are released by the Holy Spirit, and they function through the believer, okay? You know, so the, the Holy Spirit is the producer of fruit in our lives. He also uh, is the way to salvation. We talked about that. You will never come to the salvation of the Lord without the Holy Spirit being involved in your life. So some of you may be this morning say, oh, I don't know about this Holy Spirit. I don't know about the Holy Spirit being involved in my life. This is kind of crazy. If you have received salvation, it was the drawing of the Holy Spirit in your life that produced the fruit unto salvation. Amen. So he's already been messing with your life the whole time. You just maybe didn't know it. Right? He has always been involved in our life, and we just need to continually release him, not to just do the work that he started, but to continue on to, to lead us into the life and the calling of what he's called us to. You know, I know one thing in my life that that I always measure. I say, man, you know, Lord, at the end of every year, you know how when we hit January, all these New Year's resolutions, right? They're coming, (laughs) whether you know it or not. You know, I think it's important to evaluate often. Man, do I still look like the same person upon salvation? Or do I look, have I matured? Am I still getting mad about little things? You know, my children aren't in here, but they deal with child problems, right? They don't get the toy they want. They freak out. It's little insignificant things, right? Brother took something from me. Well, she took it from me. Well, it's mine. And then I pull the dad card and say, all of it's mine. None of you can have any of it. 
They are still dealing with infant things. But I think sometimes, now don't take this personally, but sometimes spiritually we stay at that infant state and we never grow on to maturity. And everybody said, oh man, amen. Right? We don't grow on to maturity. So it is a disservice to God when we do not mature. Because God's fruit always bears more fruit. His seed, there is always life in the seed. His work is a solid work. His plans never fail. But sometimes it's our stubbornness or our independence, our lack of allowing God and this Holy Spirit to be involved in our life that will prevent us from becoming all that God has called us to be. Okay? So when we, when we grow, when we mature, when we become more like Christ, it, it glorifies God. You know, so the, the Holy Spirit, you know, he gives gifts, you know, uh, to be used um, with, for the edification of the church. So that's one thing that we really want to focus on when we talk about supernatural gifts, uh, gifts for the church, you know, and I know like the biggest controversial one is speaking in tongues. Now, I'm not going to unpack all of that today. We're just going to talk a little bit about it. But in the function of talk, speaking in tongues, the, what we're talking about when we talk gifts of the Spirit, I am just referencing now the gift of tongues with interpretation, which is the rule for church edification. Like if I got up here and I just prayed in my prayer language the whole service and I said, amen, let's go home. All of you would look at me just like you're looking at me now and say, what in the world are we doing? Because what the Bible says, unless there is an interpretation, it is, it is fruitless. It is no benefit when you are together as a corporate body, when you are together as a church. The ultimate goal of the gifts is that everyone leaves edified and encouraged. So if we are not being edified and we are not being encouraged, then we should not do it. You know, all through the word, he talks about orderly worship. You know, God is a God of order, not a God of chaos. He has a strategic, specific plan. You know, and I think sometimes churches get on the so spontaneous side that we lose the order and the structure and the discipline of what God wanted. You're like, man, what happened Sunday? I don't even know. Were you, was God glorified? I don't know. I saw a whole bunch of people running around. I didn't know what was going on. People were speaking in tongues. I didn't interpret the tongues. I don't even know what was said. And you leave more confused than you are edified. You know, so that's always the measuring stick when we talk about, you know, the spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts should always edify and encourage and join the body together rather than separate it. Every single time. You know, so, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit gives gifts, we need to realize that, you know, gifts are given for the purpose of a right now gift. Okay, so if the Holy Spirit wants to work in us or he wants to give us a supernatural gift, it is intended to be used right now. You guys have ever seen on the packages on on uh, sandwich meat or or milk, it says, you know, best used by and it gives you an expiration date. Right. So anytime that the Holy Spirit moves, the expiration time frame says best if used by today. The Holy Spirit is a right now type of God. He is he's going to release those gifts and it's for this moment it's not something that we should just say, well, I'm going to share that later. When the Holy Spirit is moving and he is releasing these gifts within the life of the church, they are intended to be used right now. Now, some of you guys, you know, in drinking milk, who likes to live on the edge and go way past the expiration date? Said, oh, it's only one day. It's only two days. You smell it and you live life on the wild side. And you say, I think it's going to be okay. How many have ever made the error of waiting just a little too long? He said, it's all right, tastes more like yogurt when you're done. I remember when I was young, quick little story about milk, right? 
This is why you should always check the date and smell it before you drink it. I remember when we were in high school, you remember the milk cartons? Yes, they, they still have milk cartons? Okay. So what we used to do, we used to always challenge each other chugging the milk cartons. On your mark, you said go, you'd open it and you'd chug it. Well, we were doing that one day and it just so happened I was halfway through the carton before I realized <laughs> one of the biggest mistakes you'll ever make, drinking expired milk. So you have one or two options at that point. You just swallow or you spit it out, but you wanted to be cool in school, so I just swallowed it. But I remember it the rest of my life. So we got to be reminded that when the gifts of the Spirit, when God gives us those awesome gifts, it's right now. Don't wait for next week because it's going to expire. God speaks within the moment. He speaks within the minute. He speaks right in that moment of, of, of something happening in the life of the church. Now, there are times where he's strategic and he says, no, that's a word, wait. But about 98% of the time when God remo- begins to function in the gifts of the Spirit, it is for that moment. It is for that worship service. It is for that edification of that, that body that is gathered at that moment, at that time. Okay? So the gifts of the Spirit can be given at any time or as often as the, as the Holy Spirit sees fit. It can be given all the time. Sometimes we don't see Him releasing them for some reason, but the Holy Spirit determines when the gifts are given and what gifts are given to what individuals. Okay? So the word, when we use the word gifts, we need to understand that that word gifts, it means a special endowment given by the Holy Spirit. It's this special power, it's this special gift. It's nothing that I can conjure up. It's nothing that I have within my own ability. It is something that the Holy Spirit gives and and it's released through us, okay? You know, so it's something that is spiritually released through us by the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? So if we look at this, every, every good and perfect gift, it comes from God. Every supernatural gift of the Spirit is always given by the Spirit and it is intended to glorify God, it's not intended to entertain man. It's not to, to glorify ourselves, but God should receive the ultimate glory when done in a right order and a right fashion. Okay? So we should never try to operate in a supernatural gift separated from the Holy Spirit. Understand that, okay? I can't say, oh, you know, I feel the Holy Spirit, you know, you know within my own strength. And, and when I don't feel the Holy Spirit working in my heart or wanting to release something through me and try to do it on my own, has anybody ever tried that? nobody okay so if you did you know how it went probably didn't go well and sometimes what happens we try to recreate a service you guys have ever been a part of a worship service or a part of a Sunday service and you're like it was so good you want to refabricate that exact same service so we tell the worship team hey let's sing the same three songs let Noe say exactly the same things in the transition let's preach the same message and let's try to recreate something that we previously had and when we force ourselves in trying to recreate something that the Holy Spirit did, we will never achieve the same results. Ever. So what, is it, what do we do? We allow the Holy Spirit to present something new to us every single time we gather together. And He will never fail us. You have to understand that, that you know, sometimes we do, we, we come and uh, sometimes there is an expectation to receive something from God, but if we will come with the goal to just glorify the Father, and allow the Holy Spirit to be released to do whatever He wants, more times than not, we will begin to see a move of the Holy Spirit in a new, fresh way every single Sunday. 
every single time or even every time we meet because I want to break the mold of our thinking of a church gathering or the function of the Holy Spirit is just intended for Sunday mornings. It should be happening in life groups. It should be happening in our youth meetings. It should be happening in our children's ministries because there is no adult Holy Spirit and child Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that lives in me lives inside of these children. And if we have released him to function as he desires, we should be seeing consistent results in everywhere that we allow him to, to move and be. But sometimes we get caught into our own agenda. So the spiritual gifts, they're supernatural in nature because they are released by the Spirit through a selected person under the unction of the Holy Spirit for a specific purpose. I know that's kind of an earful. You're like, man, that is a lot of... The Holy Spirit is very specific in what He does. He doesn't waste air just talking. He is straight to the point and He's super effective in what He does. Two or three words inspired by the Holy Spirit can change your life forever. Literally forever. It, it, it just takes just a moment of the Holy Spirit being involved in our lives that will forever change us. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 14. And I'm going to cover all of this text because this is really the nuts and bolts of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when I, when, if you've never heard these or you've never read through these, you know, just listen and I'd encourage you to go back and read them yourself. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 14. So here's how it starts out. Verse 1, it says, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing uh, by that one Spirit. To another, mir uh, miraculous power. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, Spirit uh, in, in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives to each one just as He determines. Verse 12, it says, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free. And we were all given one Spirit to drink. Now the body is, made up, is not made up of one part, but of many. You're like, man, that was an earful, okay? So we're going we're gonna to break them down because in that context, there was nine spiritual gifts that that passage covered. Now, we're not going to cover those all, to, like even begin to break in those today, but we are just going to focus on the relevance and the importance of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So one thing, what is the first thing that that passage says? It says, now about spiritual gifts to not be what? Ignorant. You know, and some of you are like, I'm out of here. This pastor called me ignorant, <laughs> like right out of the gate. But we need to look at what is the word, you know, uh, when we look at that word, um, you know, it, it's just something that we have not been made aware of, something we have not, we don't know yet, right? It does, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It may just be where we're just, 
There is just a lack of knowledge and there's a lack of information. It doesn't mean that you are unable to learn. Maybe you're just not aware of it. And I think for us, that's a lot of it. You know, we are sometimes fearful of things we don't understand just because we don't know that they exist or what their function is or that they're of God. Right? You know, those things kind of freak us out. You know, I know, I know uh, people that have been exposed to uh, your Pentecostal churches or the radical movements of God. You know, if you do not understand where those are being birthed out of and that those things are spiritual versus demonic, you will hit the back door as fast as you can and never come back. But we have to understand that we have to find that balance of what God is in and what God is not in. Okay, because I think we can ride on this hype roller coaster to where we're always striving to just feel the presence of God rather than just acknowledging who he is. There are times that God will release a power of his Holy Spirit in our lives that is undeniable. But even in those moments where we don't feel something, we have to know that the reality is he still exists. He's the same God and he still can do whatever he wants. God is not always a God of emotion, but we are tied as emotional beings. So when God touches our soul, when he changes our spirit, sometimes those directly affect our emotions. We cry, we weep, we shout, we jump. We, we, don't, we don't know how to deal with it, so we respond a certain way within the body. But we have to understand all of those outward functions are not necessarily who God is. It's just how we respond to the presence of God. Okay, so we have to realize that, that that chasing after those things, well, man, if I jump five times and shout real loud, the Holy Spirit will come. No, it's not a formula like that. It is how we respond to the presence of God as fleshly beings. But in all things, that those things might glorify God. And here's where the balance is in that, that we might be edified as a body, Right? So one big thing in this church, we want to make sure everything we do, everything we say, everything that we practice, it has biblical, it has a biblical pattern. You know, if we just start doing something off the wall, it's like, you know, hey, uh, you know, God told me that, you know, I remember when we were in Brazil, they told us this story about there was this movement happening where they called it uh, the spirit of El Leon, the lion, where they would get down on all fours and they would crawl around and they would just roar like a lion. Now, for me, I'm not saying if God asked me to do that, that I would not do it. But should we be chasing after that type of pattern from a biblical pattern? Absolutely not. Now, there is many times when the presence of the Lord came, and what does it say? It says they, they fell prostrate before the Lord. They laid face down because they could not handle the presence of God. Laying down is fine. Shouting is fine. You know, uh, raising your hands, clapping, shouting to God with a voice of triumph. All of these things are biblical patterns, but we can take that and we can make it something that is no longer about God and it's about us and the hype of the moment and it, it distracts more than it glorifies. And I think that is the whole concept of when God talks about, you know, things of the spirit, but also that we, you know, that the church is to be a place of order, that we have both. I don't want it to be so rigid and say, oh, put your hands down. You can't lift your hands. Well, why not? I feel like I need to lift my hands. Hey, you're clapping too loud. Quick clap, you know, like to where we get so legalistic in the church where we can't be free to express ourselves as worshipful beings to God, but yet at the same time where we all are encouraged and we are all in this place of one accord, right? So we want to make sure that these patterns are biblical. So the first thing it says, do not be ignorant about these things, right? All right, so... Uh, you know, so when we look at spiritual gifts, they can be categorized into three groups. Okay, if you guys have your bulletins, there's a little note section in there. I'm going to give you those blanks. If you didn't get a bulletin, I'm sorry. Did everybody have a bulletin that wanted a bulletin? 
Okay. So we can categorize these into three groups. So the first group is, is the gifts. We're gonna, so we're going to group, group them in groups of three. So the first group is the, the group that reveals something. Okay? The, set, the next three is going to be the group that do something. And the third group are the, things, the, the, the gifts that say something. Okay, so when we look at uh, all of these, these groups, so when we say the ones that reveal something, these are called the revelation gifts. So that's going to be the blank that you're going to fill in, revelation gifts. So a revelation gifts are, are a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. It shows you something, it reveals something that you didn't know by the power of the Spirit as if you knew. Okay? So that's why we call them the revelation. It reveals something unknown to the individual by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So the second one, the ones that do something. So these are considered your power gifts. So your power gifts consist of gift of faith, working of miracles. You know, and, it's, and, it, and in this passage, it says the gifts of healings. Notice this is the plural form. This is not a singular one type of gift that I have the gift of healing. It is gifts of healing. So it's, it's more broad than that. So you say, what, what does that mean? That means that God can heal whatever, however, and anything that he needs to by the unction and by the power of his Holy Spirit when you function in that gift, gifts of healing. Okay, we cannot limit God and we cannot limit his Holy Spirit. But we do need to pay close attention how some of this word is and how it's written. So that second blank, the power gifts, they're the ones that do something. They're, you know, they're uh, placing their hands on them. They accomplish something. You know, and the third group, the ones that say something. So these are the vocal gifts. So the vocal gifts are prophecy, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Okay, so when we break those two down, you know, you have three revelation gifts, you have three power gifts, and you have three vocal gifts. When we break down the nine gifts of the Spirit. So in that passage, it talks about the manifestation of the Spirit. So that word manifestation is a showing forth of the gifts. He reveals those gifts to us within the life of the church. You see them, you experience them, you are a part of them, manifestation of those gifts. You know, the gifts of the Spirit, one thing we got to be really uh, aligned with is that uh, they will always function in a way and they will be consistent with the Word of God. Okay, the, the, the Word of wisdom, Word of knowledge, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, they will never violate the Word of God. Ever. You know, so if you ever hear somebody says, oh, you know, I really feel this is a prophetic word for you, and they speak it, and it is contrary to the Word of God, where it says, leave your, leave your wife, you know, uh, cheat on, on when you're at work. Like, if it's something that is just crazy, you're, and just straight up, even the heathen is going to say, I don't know about that word. <laughs> right? You know, just, just the normal guy, not even the over-spiritual guy, but we have to be very careful that when words are received, that we align them with the Word of God, and we make sure they're consistent with the Word of God. What is the only way you're going to know what this book says? Read it. Some of you guys, please knock the dust off your Bible and open it for me, okay? I was talking to somebody the other day, actually this week, uh, had a chance to go to Bethany Church and, and spend some time with pastors, and they, the question came up, what is one of the best things that you can do to cause people to grow? You know, we're thinking, you know, oh, they're going to have this magic answer, this perfect system. They said, get them to read their word. Bling, light bulb turns on. Get them to read their word. If you read the word of God and you listen to it, you, you meditate on it and you do what it says, your life will begin to change. The problem is with the hour that I have, I can only give you a super small fraction of 
truth. But throughout the course of the week, you can, you can just download and digest so much of the Word of God if you'll do it. If you have questions about which Bibles are the easiest to read, you're having trouble, maybe you're reading the King James Version, you're like, theest of the thousand, meest in the eye, we just ain't getting it. There are other versions that you can read that just, you get the same context, and it doesn't matter what version you're reading, guys, just read the Word, and then allow the Holy Spirit to just breathe life into you, Okay. So one thing we need to do, we need to know what the Word of God says because we need to test the Spirit sometimes, right? You know, so 1 John 4, 1 through 3, it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the Spirit to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And then it begins to tell us in verse 2 of 1 John 4, it says, This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is from God. Uh, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This spirit is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. And this is the scary part. Listen to this next little section. It says, And even now is already in the world. Now, I'm not going to go into a whole other topic. I know some of you guys, you heard the word antichrist and you want to run on revelations, doctrine, and all these end times. Don't go there, okay? But what it says, it says that the working of the spirit of the antichrist is already working in the world right now. So it is, it is paramountly critical that we understand what truth is, that we weigh the truth by the word of God, that we test the spirits. If it glorifies and exalts God and his son, Jesus Christ, then it, is, then it is of the right spirit. If it is contrary to that, it is the spirit of the antichrist. It is a false doctrine. So we have to test these spirits, right? We just can't naively go in there and just assume everything is good, that everything that I, that I search on my phone, every Google search that I do, man, it's 100% accurate. Well, Pastor Noe, I was reading this the other day and it said this, have you ever read what your Bible says? We have to get back to the fundamentals. Don't allow just people's interpretation or even what I say necessarily dictate what you believe. Make sure what I am presenting to you matches the word of God and then make sure you, each of us are pursuing truth. Amen? Amen? I'm striving to pursue truth. I'm not blatantly up here trying to mess you guys up, okay? That's why we share a lot of scripture. Okay, so God has given us the Holy Spirit's authority to release gifts uh, with, within us, you know, so he, he releases those gifts as, as the Holy Spirit sees fit, you know, and then he expects us to function and responds as, as he leads. So when we talk about order and worship, I, I am going to read this to you. It's going to be in 1 Corinthians 14. It's going to be 26 through 33. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation, Okay because I really think it gives us some really good guidance. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 through 33. It says, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize what I am saying. When you meet, one will sing, another will teach. Another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in an unknown language while another will interpret what he, he has said. But everything that is done must be useful to all and build them up in the Lord. No more than two or three should speak in an unknown, unknown language. They must speak one at a time, and someone must be ready to interpret what they are saying. Verse 28, but if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting, 
and, and speak, the, speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person uh, receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all the prophecy will have, all the pro- all who prophesy will have a turn to speak one after the other. So everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that the people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can wait their turn. For God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace. And in all, in all the other churches. Okay. So that one passage right there, you know, in which I always thought, you know, growing up, not really looking at the word was that once, once a Holy Spirit gift is rocking and rolling, I can't stop it. I got to just roll with it. I can't, I can't shut up. I can't close my mouth. But it says that those who are prophets have control of the gift. So what does that mean? Just like I'm speaking to you this morning, I am not out of control of the gift that God gives me. But at any moment, I can stop. And then I can continue at any time that I want. So the moment that God is doing something, I just stop. We allow God to do what he wants. And then, and then we revert back and I continue with whatever God is putting in my heart or whatever God is speaking uh, through me at that moment. You notice the part where it talked about tongues. It says three at the most in one service. And with the criteria being only if somebody can interpret. If nobody can interpret, it's better for us just to be quiet and to be silent because it does not what? It does not edify the church as a whole. It just, it just doesn't. It is of no value. But it says at that point, just allow you to speak from yourself to God. So that little statement right there, when we talk about your prayer language, which is something totally different, the prayer language is for your personal relationship with Christ. And it says, just keep it between you and God. Keep it intimate. Keep it personal. Personal edification, not corporate edification. So we, we see the difference there. But man, we see this order, we see this process, we see this, this, this God of balance that's saying this is to be done in an orderly fashion. It's something that, you know, it totally shifts everything, right? But everybody should do it in turn. You know, now one of the challenges, you know, that I've been praying about and just give you my own personal, uh, as I've been working through this, it's saying, God, how in the world does this work? I read about it. I believe it. How does this really function in the life of the church? Let's say right now the Holy Spirit wanted to work through a prophet or wanted to work, work through a prophetic gift. So what does that mean? Do I keep on preaching? Not according to the word. So me, even me as a pastor for that moment, we need to stop. We need to listen to the word that was spoken. And then I believe in how the hierarchy of the church is established that the elders would judge if that is a word from the Lord or not. Now, the scary thing is, if it's not, what do we do? We yell blasphemy? What do we, what do we practically do in that situation? Like, that's not from the Lord. We rebuke it. Don't pretend you didn't hear it. Now, I'm believing that when somebody is bold and stands up and really does that, it's more God than it is the flesh. Have any of you guys ever felt like God was leading you by his spirit to say something or to do something, and you were so fearful and you didn't? All right. So, you know, I think that that's what we have to be aware of, that at that moment, you know, your heart rate speeds up, your blood pressure goes through the roof, you're freaking out, you're fighting against the spirit and the flesh, and you're like, should I do this? Should I not? And and just know that as a church, you can always go to the authorities that are in place. You can go to me, you can go to the elders, and we will release you to function within that gift. You don't have to completely figure out if it's right or wrong on your own. 
So what I see that functioning, if man, if you felt like you had something in the middle of worship or something like that, you would go to an elder, you would go to a pastor, say, hey, I really feel like this is what the Lord is, is saying, and then we would determine if it's from the Lord or not. Because the other thing is you want to guard the platform from just utter chaos. We don't want to just release anybody to say anything they want, or man, we would, it could turn into chaos. I think that's what God is talking about, you know, uh, being, you know, order within worship. So this is the one, one thing that I really noticed there. Every time that it talks about a gift, it says one will do this, one will do this, one will do that. Did you guys notice that? It says one will sing. It doesn't say that no, we will sing, no, we will preach, no, we will tell a special revelation, no, we will speak in an unknown tongue, and then I'll interpret my own tongue, and then, does it say that? All through it, it says another person, one will do this, then one will do this, then one will do this. Well, that's kind of crazy. But the Holy Spirit is working through this whole process of where he is using others. I think, I think God is super... In, in, he really wants the church functioning as a whole. I really think is why he established it this way. Because I know in my heart, I would willingly do whatever God asks of me. Now, sometimes there's things that he even asks me that is out of my comfort zone. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean like, oh, no, you always make the right choice. And you always feel like, you know, when the Lord's leading you, you're always obedient. I struggle with the same things when I, if it's something that breaks the normal stride of what's going on, like in the middle of the first song, we, we kind of have a golden rule. We just let the first song roll. We don't really like to mess up the transition. But let's say God wanted to mess that up. I know the rule of the house. Would I just say, hey, hold on just a minute, Morgan, and I would come up here and do that if God was leading me to it? I hope I would. But I would be in that same position that you are where my, my knees would begin to shake, my heart rate would begin to increase, and I'd be feeling like, man, I'm being led by the Spirit of God, and it takes boldness and it takes courage to be obedient to God in the leading of His Holy Spirit. But every time that we act in obedience and we follow what the Holy Spirit is doing, the more our confidence builds in detecting his voice and knowing when it's him and when it's not. Because sometimes God will speak a word that is just for you. But there's other times that he speaks a word that is for all of us. And it's, it's critically important that you know to determine the difference. Okay. So I'm going to give you four reminders concerning spiritual gifts. So these are some fill in the blanks So in the back also. So when we talk about spiritual gifts, number one, they are needed today, okay? This is one of the things we have to realize. We can't do it without the Holy Spirit. We can't just continue to do church on our own apart from the presence of God. You know, we need the spiritual gifts functioning today. You know, it started that passage where it says, you know, uh, don't be ignorant. Don't be lacking in knowledge or information, right? You know, we know that the, what the Word says. So when we read the Word and we know what the Word says concerning spiritual gifts, we are no longer ignorant. Now, you can leave this room and pretend I didn't tell you anything about it and continue to remain in ignorance because of a lack of faith or a lack of understanding. But I believe that you guys, or I hope that you guys would really pray through these things and say, man, is this real? Is this really supposed to be functioning this way? Because if it is, and they are needed today, and we're not functioning in those, we are missing something great. You guys realize that? We're just trying to do church on our own. Okay? We know that they exist. Why? Because the Bible tells us they do. 
If the Holy Spirit exists, guess what? His gifts exist also. You can't take the person of the Holy Spirit out of the picture and not. And t- if you're going to take the Holy Spirit out, you're going to remove his gifts also. If you release the Holy Spirit, guess what? You're going to get his gifts also. You get the bread and the butter. You can't, you're either going to have all of it or you're going to have none of it. We can't take out and we can't pick and choose. Say, hey, yeah, I want the Holy Spirit in my life, but I don't want him giving me these gifts. Well, you, can't, you almost can't have the Holy Spirit then because that is who the Holy Spirit is and that is what he does within church function. Okay, gifts can operate even if we're not sure that they exist. You know, so I, I know even in my life in, where there was times where I didn't know what it was. I was like, man, that's kind of weird. That's kind of cool. God can still work in the power of his gifts even when we don't necessarily have our mind wrapped around it. Okay? Um, but I think if we begin to change our approach, if there is an expectation that changes within us, I think we will begin to see everything shift. Okay, maybe these gifts would begin to function. Maybe they'd begin to be released more often if we expected and we desired them. You know, I've always heard, you know, that, you know, some, you, have, you have churches where the presence of God is very, very evident. Where you, when you, you encounter the presence of God when you walk in the room. And then you have other church services sometimes where you're like, man, I just really didn't sense the presence of God like that. And I think a lot of what changes that, the, that changes the atmosphere do we want him in our lives and in our churches or not? Because we could be a church that just plays church and we just do whatever we want apart from the presence of God. But I couldn't pastor a church like that and I'd probably resign today. Because I desire the presence of God in everything we do. If God is not working and flowing through the worship, through the message, through the children's ministry, through the greeter teams, through every dynamic of this church, we should just stop now. Because he is the one that makes all of the difference. He is the one that transforms lives. He is the one that forever will change who we are. So the spiritual gifts, they are needed today. We shouldn't be fearful of the gifts, but embrace them as God's method for edifying the church. It's not something to be fearful of. I think we need, if we don't know, we just say, Holy Spirit, show me what that is. Show me how, where that is scripturally. You know, and I don't think he's going to be like, well, I'm not going to tell you. No, he's going to really show us in his word what he's doing, why he's doing it. He gives us the whole owner's manual. You know, have you ever drove a vehicle and a light comes on the dash you've never seen before? I had it happen this week. It's like, man, I've never seen that one. Man, now i got another one. Something's going wrong. Shortly thereafter, my car started acting all goofy, stalled out for a minute. So I took it to a mechanic, right? And what did he do? He diagnosed the symptoms. He diagnosed what was happening. And there was a reason for what we were seeing. It's just like that with God. When we see God working in the spirit, in the spirit he's working in supernatural gifts. There is reason he's doing what he's doing. There's reason we're seeing these things. And God has put everything in his word. He has not allowed us to be ignorant and left us without a clue. You know, I think of the old churches that didn't have any type of guidance. All they had was faith and a prayer. But we have the word of God that really is that compass that guides us into all righteousness and will allow our church to continually be biblically centered in everything we do. Another thing, number two, concerning spiritual gifts, it requires participation from everyone. Okay, so we need to desire to be used by the Holy Spirit. This shouldn't be something that we just sit passively. Uh, you know, I think when, if the Holy Spirit were to walk through this room and he says, hey, who wants to be used by me today? 
Man, I hope hands shoot up and say, me, God, I'll do whatever you ask. But I think some of us, because we are not comfortable with it, we say, oh, don't pick me. Pick somebody more qualified. Pick somebody who's more spiritual. We're going to be so fearful of being used by the, by, the, by the Spirit of God. But what did I share earlier? The power gifts, the gifts of the Spirit flowing through us have nothing to do with our natural ability. So what does that mean, Noe? That means he can use any single one of us that are filled with the Holy Spirit at any time. But he requires our participation, our willingness. So how would you respond to that question if the Holy Spirit says, hey, you know, he took a, took a poll. Who wants to be used by me today? Would your hand shoot up? Or you'd be like, pick that other guy. I'm not doing it. We're like that sometimes. But think of it because of insecurity, fear of man. Well, what if he makes, what if the Holy Spirit makes me do something I don't want to do? What does that come down to? That comes down to trusting who God is. Well, I can trust God, but I don't know if I can trust the Holy Spirit. Hey, what do we cover <laughs> week two? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're all the same. If you can trust God, you can trust the Holy Spirit. He's never going to ask you to do anything that's not for your benefit or the, for the benefit of others. Is he going to stretch your faith? Yeah. Is he going to rock the boat when, you know, when you're kind of comfortable? Absolutely. What will it do? It'll produce growth. It'll produce confidence in who God is. It'll, con it'll, it'll produce confidence in the Holy Spirit being, re being released in your life. But he requires our participation. At 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Be, be willing to do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do, to do. You know, if he wants you to say something, remember we said three of them are, are, are the vocal gifts, right? If he wants you to do something, the power gifts, if he wants you to function those. You know, if he reveals something to you, maybe you're to reveal it to the church, to the congregation. So when we look into this, uh, we're going to look more into these specifically next week, but it requires faith and action is always required to be a part of God's team. Faith to believe, yeah, the Holy Spirit can move. Yeah, the Holy Spirit can use me. But it might require you to open your mouth and say something. It might, it might require you to stretch your hands out and place it on somebody and they receive a healing. Right? We have to understand, you know, that it, it might require somebody speaking in an unknown tongue because God has given you the interpretation. Now, to me, that's always so scary. It's like, Lord, I feel, you know, I've, I have never functioned like that. I've prayed in a prayer language for my own self. I have never functioned in a, in a gift of speaking in tongues within a congregation. But I tell you what, the most fearful thing for me would be to do it. And ain't nobody to interpret but I believe every time that it, is, that it is really pushed from the Holy Spirit side, the interpreter is always in the room. Because God is never going to encourage somebody to function in one of the gifts where he doesn't complete the gift. Man. Lord, give me faith if you ever ask me to do it. That's my own personal amen right there. Okay. So number three. Oh, hold on, one more thing, sorry. Uh, the gifts require us to act for them to be released. So the best way to look at it, I'll give you one quick little illustration to look at that. So the Holy Spirit is the giver of the gifts. The believer is just the, the delivery boy, okay? You just deliver it, but it's the Holy Spirit that gives it. So the, so the milkman does not produce the milk, he just delivers the milk, you guys get that? It's nothing that I do. The milk comes from, from God. It comes from the Holy Spirit. All I do is give it. I am just delivering what the Holy Spirit is giving. 
It's nothing that I even have to give, okay? So everyone, number three, everyone benefits from the gift. That's one thing that we have to realize, that everybody is going to benefit from the gift. So the New King James Version, it says, for the profit of all in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it should profit everyone. If it doesn't profit anyone, then, it, then maybe it shouldn't be done. You know, the church is, is, should be a place where uh, spiritual gifts should thrive. If they're going to thrive anywhere, they need to be thriving within the church. So we must make room for the Holy Spirit to move and to have his way. What does that practically look like, guys? I don't know. I think God's going to have to grow us into that. Does it mean there might be a moment in the middle of worship where somebody has a word and we have to transition everything we do to accommodate what the Holy Spirit wants to do? Maybe. Well, Noe, do you know how to do that or have you ever done it? Not exactly like what I'm thinking in my mind. Right? It's, it's, it's something that I have been questioning. What does that dynamic actually look like? But I believe that if we, are, uh, if we pay attention and we want to be involved in it, we will begin to see it and, and the Holy Spirit will work out the details. So everybody has to benefit from the gift. It's like I said, when we, you know, if there's no interpretation of tongues, then we should remind, remain quiet because it does not benefit everyone. Okay? Number four, the Holy Spirit determines the specific gift. So, so that's one that's always, you know, it's like, man, what do you want me to do? But yet it's the Holy Spirit that, that, that chooses uh, the specific gift or the specific tool or the specific we th thing that we need at that moment. So have any of you ever tried to use the wrong tool for the, for the job? You needed a Phillips screwdriver or, and you, or a flathead, flathead star. For all you, okay, one's flat, one is a little star is what we call it, right? Well, if you use the wrong thing for the wrong, you know, or you don't have it and all you have is a file and you're trying to, you're trying to work a job with the wrong tool, what usually happens? You mess something up, you know, and pity the person who just didn't want to go to the shed to get the right tool. Now, if you don't have the tool, hey, with golf, you know, channel locks, pliers, whatever you got to do to get it loose, right? If you don't have the right tool, but normally, and we have to realize this, the Holy Spirit always has the right tool for the right job. Every single time. He doesn't say, well, I'm just going to use this one, and this is the need. He always knows the need, and he provides the specific tool, the specific gift to meet the need. And that's what we have available, guys, right? It's the Holy Spirit that determines the gift. Well, when he determines that gift, he never fails, he always has the right gift for the right moment. So we have to allow the Holy Spirit to choose which gifts to give to each one. He knows exactly what we need. But the, the most important thing is use the gift that he gives you. Use the tool that he gives you at that moment. We don't always know what that tool is going to unlock or what that tool is going to do until we use it. Okay, it doesn't say that he gives, gives all the gifts to one person, right? And I, and I shared that. He doesn't give all of them to me or all of them to, you know, just one person. He spreads them out throughout the congregation. He wants all of us being willing to be used. So the Holy Spirit has all the gifts and he distributes them. This really, truly creates a, a critical need for each other within the life of the church. The Holy Spirit spreads out the gifts because it will cause us to always need each other. If I had all the gifts, I wouldn't need anyone. 
You realize that? You ever needed to borrow a tool and you didn't have one and you didn't want to go buy one? What do you start doing? Hey, man, you got this? You have this tool? You know, you start looking for it, right? If we look around the room, God will distribute every gift that we have need of to be a successful church. But it's the Holy Spirit that determines. God calls us to function as one body and he uses parts of the body to receive the gifts. So the Holy Spirit, he is always gonna release the perfect gift for the condition or for the situation. Every single time. It's just who he is. He, do, he makes a lot less mistakes than we do. We just mess it up when we try to take control and we try to work something out. So just to recap on those four. First and foremost, the spiritual gifts, they're needed today. They require our participation across the board from everyone. Got to be reminded that everyone benefits from the gifts. And that it's always the Holy Spirit that determines what gifts that he gives. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.